0: Welcome to the Security Leadership Podcast. My name is Yaron Levy. My day job is a CISO, and I'm a member of the security community for more than 10 years. With me here is my co-host, Jeff Snyder, who is an executive coach and security recruiter since 1997. Welcome, Jeff. Good morning. So Jeff, our topic today is motivation. What is it? Can you actually motivate someone? And if yes, how? You and I had that conversation the other day. And then uh, I threw the question out to the, to the community on LinkedIn. And we got a lot of interesting perspectives.
1: I, I read all those responses. And you're absolutely right. There's, there's a lot of different ideas that different people have. So to further dive into this topic,
0: we actually have our first ever guest on the show. He's a JD from Harvard Law School. Uh, until recently, he was the uh, chief global knowledge officer for uh, ACS International. He is currently a principal at Global Insights of Professional Security. And in 2019, he was selected as one of the most influential people in security. It is Mike Gibbs. Welcome, Mike.
2: Hi, guys. I'm excited to be on the show.
0: So what is motivation? According to the Oxford Dictionary, it is the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way or the general desire or willingness of someone to do something. Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Can you actually motivate someone?
1: Well, when I first came to you with this idea and, and it turned into a question, and now it's turned into a big conversation. Um, I was coming from the perspective that if if someone doesn't understand their personal values, that they don't know what's truly important to them, when you strip away all the other noise and confusion, what is the, the core of their being? Um, I'm not sure that that person can get motivated, we'll call that self-motivation. And certainly if that individual hasn't gone that far, how in the world is someone else gonna motivate them when they don't know what those values are? Mike, what do you
2: think? That's very interesting what Jeff said because I looked at it exactly the opposite way. I think absolutely you can motivate someone. Anyone can motivate Anyone can be motivated, but not everyone can motivate every person, if that makes sense. I may be able to motivate your own, but not Jeff. Uh, I think anyone can be motivated because even the most feckless or apathetic person has that spark of life in them or whatever uh, term Jeff used. There's something that motivates them, something that drives them, and you just have to find it.
0: On a response to my LinkedIn post... Alan Alford, uh, delivery CISO at Entity Data Services, and also the uh, co-host of the excellent podcast, Defense in Depth, said that in order to motivate someone, you need four things. One, lead by example. Two, keep doing that. Three, be vulnerable and admit mistakes. And four, encourage them to do the same. And Gary Harbison, the CISO at Bear said, It comes down to trust and mutual respect. In order to understand the motivation of your employees, you have to get to know them, which in turn builds loyalty and trust. Mike, I'm going to start with you. How do you motivate your team?
2: First of all, those were thoughtful comments to your post. If you had asked me before I took the Clifton Strengths Assessment, I would have said that I motivate by example and through credibility. People know that I honor my word. Post-Clifton, while those other things are still true, I realize that I motivate through positivity. I'll give you an example. At one point in my career, two fellow chiefs left, and I was asked to take on leadership over several more departments. I'm a knowledge-driven person, and it pained me not to have the bandwidth to master the subject matter expertise in those areas. Um, but I figured out who the key people were, and I told them I couldn't succeed without them in their teams. Uh, told them they were experts, I was there to guide and support them and confer with them on strategic decisions and so on. I emphasized that I knew how important they were to the organization and that I had faith in them, that we'd be doing great things together, and that was all true. And it was accepted because I was credible and I followed through. But after doing my strengths assessment with Jeff, I realized I've been leading with my positivity to relate to people on a personal level. And positivity was the only relationship-building attribute in my top ten.
0: So that's interesting, because of what I'm hearing you saying, in order to motivate, you have to start with the relationships. And when Alan said, you know, lead by example, I agree with that, I mean, I've seen that, you know, throughout my military career, and you connected better or stronger with a leader who could lead by example. But does that also means that this leader has to be the smartest person in the room? Because to your point, Maybe you didn't have like all the knowledge that you need to have that. So how do you lead by example if you don't have all the all the knowledge?
2: Well, you model the behaviors that, that you want to see, and you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. As a matter of fact, you should be hiring people or having people report to you that know much more about what they're doing um, than, uh, than you do. You want to get subject matter experts, and you want to let them know that, and that they have latitude to make their own decisions, their own make their own judgments, and you'll support them and guide them. But you, you give them that kind of freedom and you respect them as experts, they will be motivated and they will respect you as a leader.
0: Jeff, how do you motivate the people you coach?
1: I was thinking about this yesterday, and I'm going to give you an example that's different than what you're expecting. Eleven years ago. I created a men's competitive softball team from scratch. I picked up the phone and called each individual person. I interviewed them. I found out exactly what made them tick. I found out exactly how much they had a passion for not just softball, but competitive softball. Uh, I found out where they moved from, how often they played, how many bats they had in their bag and what kinds of bats they carried in their bag. The end result of that is I recruited an entire team of highly motivated people. They brought the motivation. Uh, I, I pretty much herded the cats and we won the championship. On a different night, I was asked to take over an already established, already chosen co-ed recreational softball team. I said no four times and finally on the fifth time, not knowing any better, I gave in. And what I found is about half of my team had a a level of competition that, that I loved. I'm a little bit competitive. The other half of my team as as nice as they were, they were not competitive. And really, all they wanted to do is they wanted to get to the end of the game so we could all go to Dairy Queen and have a social experience. Uh, I I had to figure that out very, very quickly. And my wife, as my monitor, I, I let her monitor everything I did. She made sure that I didn't bring out all of my competitive juices with the people who simply wanted to get you know, an ice cream cone and have a social experience. I didn't try to motivate those people. In fact, those were the people that didn't show up to practice. They would show up to the game five minutes before the game after the roster had already been created. I, I, I couldn't motivate them. They were motivated by something other than competitive softball. Well,
0: so I guess whether it's competitive softball or ice cream, it's still another way to motivate.
1: Oh, that's right. But people are motivated by different things, and you have, you have to figure out exactly what that is. One size fits all usually doesn't work.
0: When I reflected on the question of, can you really motivate someone, what I realized is that the most of the motivation methods that we're using are predominantly fear-based. You know, like, if you don't do this, you will be fired. If we get breached, you will be fired. If you don't meet the deadline, bad things will happen. Jeff, I'm going to throw this one at you first. Why are we mostly
1: motivated by fear? Right now in our world, not just our society, but around the world, uh, people are operating very, very deeply out of fear. And it's, it's around the virus thing. I really don't want to talk about the COVID virus. That's not what this podcast is about. However, people are, are reacting to fear of what they see in the media. They're reacting to fear of losing a job. And many people have lost jobs. Fear is is something that the media knows how to use. Politicians know how to use it. Governments know how to use fear. And unfortunately, managers and bosses and executives know how to use fear. It's actually not that hard. It's much, much more difficult to manage by first building relationships, building trust, and having people who already believe in you when you run into a time of crisis who are willing to follow you and let you be their leader. So is there a better way? Uh, I think there's absolutely a better way. And that is to start with one's own self-awareness, And I I made reference to this in our first podcast. It was a a Harvard Business Review article two years ago. Anybody can go look up. I believe the title was, How to Work for a Boss Who Lacks Self-Awareness. And in that that article, in the first paragraph, and that's all I'm gonna give away, it was suggested that less than 10% of people are walking around with accurate, authentic self-awareness. Well, that's a big problem. If if those numbers are even remotely true, that means that more than 90% of people think they're somebody that they're not. So if you're starting with a false idea of who you are and you're trying to impose your will upon someone else who needs to be motivated, You don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. I'm going to assume that there's a lot of smart people listening to this podcast. That equation doesn't add up to something good.
0: That's interesting. So that brings me to something that Emilio Escobar, the VP and head of information security at Hulu, said. As leaders, we have to encourage failure because without it, we are not pushing the limits. And Bob Anderson, the CEO of Intelligence Services Group, agrees that in order to motivate, one way is to embrace failure. So, Mike, I want to throw this one at you. Um, Why are we so afraid of failure? And should we encourage our teams to fail?
2: Okay, so I'll handle the first question first. Why are we so afraid of failure? It's because we're judged by our successes. Every day you go to work, you have a blank slate you have to prove yourself. That That is uh, a constant drumbeat in our lives from our, um, our bosses who have budgets to make, they have goals to achieve. So you're trying to prove yourself over and over again. Second question was whether we should encourage our teams to fail. And I'm gonna go against the management philosophy du jour here and say no. And I'm like, let me explain. Um, the consequence of failure in cybersecurity are too high. Can you imagine telling the CEO, hey, I let my team innovate a um, radical new approach to detecting virtual threats and eliminating attack vectors. We put in a sandbox, it worked, it was great. Then we went live and something happened that we didn't anticipate, and blah, blah, blah. there's been a major breach and we're now facing a $50 million ransomware demand. That doesn't fly. But let me add another point. I do encourage hard to reach goals or moonshots or out of the box approaches, things like that. But the goal isn't to fail, it's to succeed. I believe in iteration. If you don't succeed the first times you do it, you make adjustments until you get to the workable solution. You don't fail for the sake of failure and say, OK, I know what it's like. I'm, I'm going to the next step. And maybe matter semantics here. What they mean by fail, I mean by iterate and improve.
0: Here's another interesting observation Sean Henry senior account executive at uh, Cypher said, I think people have drive or they don't. And individuals can use things as fuel to drive them. Maybe, you know, Jeff, going back to your um, earlier example of, um, you know, ice cream, but someone who is lazy or not driven can't be motivated. What do you think, Jeff? I'll, I'll start with you.
1: Well, I." I remember reading that on LinkedIn, and I liked his comment. So I'm in the public domain as, I guess, agreeing with what Sean had to say. And by the way, I don't know Sean, so this is not a paid endorsement. Over almost 10 years of my adult hockey career, uh, I saw all kinds of different people come and go from different teams that I played on. Uh, my buddy Gary and I, we played together for those entire 10 years. We we went to the rink and practiced in between games when nobody else was there. We got out on the ice where I live at 8,500 feet. And we practiced on the outdoor rink all winter long and nobody else was there with us. So the two of us had a motivation that other people on our team and those people, sometimes some of the positions were constantly changing. Uh, they just didn't have that kind of motivation. They wanted to come play hockey on Thursday night. And Mike, I'm going to, uh, you, you know, I generally agree with your competitive spirit, but I'm going to disagree on this point because maybe your league was set up different than the one that I played in. Uh, we were given players. They could be brand new, never played before players. They could be, uh, oh, guys, I'm rusty. I haven't played since high school. (laughs) That's great. I didn't start till I was 43. Uh, So we expected quite a bit out of that guy who played in high school. And it turns out at age 30-something, that person didn't seem to have any motivation other than I'm just going to show up on Thursday night and be average. Well, some of us didn't want to be average. We wanted to win. Always. So I, I'm going to agree with Sean. Some people have something inside of them. And I'm, going to, I'm going to argue that it goes back to what they value. And some people just don't value the same thing. Mike, what is your take?
2: Well, I was already to disagree with Jeff until that last sentence where he said people value different things. And that's the key. I agree with that 100%. I, I'm sure that some people are lazier than others, but I believe that everyone has something that motivates them. If it's not winning. It's, you know, their family or it's recognition for something or it's learning something new or, or whatever. And you can encourage someone, such as leading by example, but in the end, the person has to have that spark of drive within to succeed. I actually have um, an example from my um, an, an earlier job. And one time I had 13 direct reports, which, by the way, I do not recommend. And one of them was completely overwhelmed, and people thought she was lazy. She ran an area of the business that had to be highly organized and up to date as it served as a sort of important communal resource. And it had been a mess for years before she even reported to me. She just wasn't motivated to fix it. And after she ignored my request to work on it, I told her this resource is so important to the organization that I'm going to come in this weekend to clean up and reorganize everything myself. I'm not leaving till I'm done. I'd love for you to join me. She was the only one who really knew what was expendable and how to categorize the information. And she was so worried that I mess it up that she came in and we did it together. Um, and we were closer after that. I believe I appealed to her command strength, which triggered her engagement. So there there are ways to get at people and to and to motivate them by you know studying how they pick.
0: It's uh, great to see how you throughout your careers leverage several or different ways to motivate people, and not just fear-based. And, and I think that talks about the example and, and how you set an example as a leader. So the reality is that you know, fear-based motivation works, unfortunately. And sometimes I think it's so ingrained in us of how do we motivate by fear. But even though we see it all the time, I think as leaders, I think we should always strive to inspire rather than uh, motivate and we probably can get very, very far uh, with our teams. We inspire them rather than uh, scare them all the time. That's also uh, bring us to the end of this show. I want to thank our guest, Mike Gibbs. Uh, Mike, great having you on the show. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. We appreciate you taking the time and sharing your views with our listeners.
2: It's been a blast. Uh, Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for everyone who is listening to our podcast. Please continue to share your thoughts and feedback with us. Uh, Like it, share it with others, and help us grow and become better. See you next time.